Costa Rica, Costa Rica. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ podcast. Now let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Need funding for your deals? Looking to take your current house flipping business to the next level? Anchor Loans is one of only two companies that we currently are using to get our house flipping deals funded. Whether you're looking to get partial or full funding, Anchor Loans has a program that will work for you. For more information, visit anchorloans.com and as always, mention my name, Justin Williams, or House Flipping HQ so they know where you came from. Hey, what's going on, all my fellow house flipping machine maniacs? Hope you guys are having a fantastic week. All I've got to say is pura vida. Yes, we just got back from our trip last night from Costa Rica, and oh my goodness, was it ever amazing. I mean, we are at the base of these very active volcanoes. We were attacked by monkeys. We were in crazy lightning storms. A tree like right next to us got struck by lightning. It was crazy. Uh, rain coming in and out. Macaws flying from above. The most amazing food. Most amazing people in the world. Beautiful country. Just uh, had the time of our life. So incredible. So much more than I could ever have imagined. Uh, but what's super cool? Not only... Was this a great time for Tara and I to reflect on, you know, our past 10 years of love and harmony, <laughs> but also, you know, the past nine and a half years of being in business and seven and a half years of house flipping and to have gotten to that moment, which for some may not seem like a big deal, but, you know, this is by far the biggest trip, you know, we've ever gone on and we didn't just have to go to, you know, the budget eight hotel. We were able to go to some really nice, cool places if you have not ever been to a place called Copa de Arbol in the Osa Peninsula um, in Costa Rica. Oh man, this place is amazing. But Okay, it's like out in the rainforest, out in the middle of nowhere, but absolutely incredible. But we were able to do these things. I'm not saying we spent like a gazillion dollars or anything like that. No, we were still somewhat frugal, which is how we naturally are. But it was just so cool to reflect and think that we were able to do this because of you know all the sacrifice and hard work we've put in into creating this house flipping machine and uh, what we've done with house flipping. So that was I don't know just really cool moment of reflection and a great opportunity to more memorialize uh, the, these past ten years that we've spent together and sacrificed and worked so hard and done so much. But what, on top of that, what was so cool is when I was gone. My business just kept thriving, kept functioning. Houses were purchased, houses were financed, houses were rehabbed, sold, utilities turned on, off, insurance taken care of, paperwork signed, marketing went out. I, I mean, problems were solved. Things were just handled while I was gone. And it's all because of the time that we've taken in, uh, that we've taken to work on our business and on our house flipping machine rather than just in it. And that is what it's all about. That is what true freedom represents to me. And that is our goal here on the House Flipping HQ podcast to help you uh, be able to do that, that same thing. And it's not um, unachievable in, in any way. Uh, it's very doable. And, and I'm just, just uh, super pumped and excited. It's almost like things went better without me 
been with me. And people just did things on their own because they knew they didn't have access to me. And I don't know, I'm, I'm just, I'm really excited. It was a really cool experience in so many ways. And I just wanted to share that with you guys. Okay, so for today, in the last episode, I mentioned I wasn't sure if I was going to do a podcast or not because I obviously wasn't able or did not want to interview someone last week when I was in Costa Rica. And, you know, I, I just, I'm back and I'm excited. I'm ready to go. We got back yesterday. I am ready. I'm, I loved the trip. I had a great time, but I am ready to get back to be with you guys, be with the uh, mastermind group again, the fell forward fast coaching program, get everything. I'm just, I'm just pumped. I'm excited to get back. I love what I do. Um, and here we go. So I got up this morning and I want to do an episode for you guys for this week. So what we are going to do is I am going to release another one of the um, videos that we did for the beta fell forward fast flipping program or fell fast flipping program. Yeah, am I saying that right? Okay, so it's all triple F, right? Fell fast flipping uh, is what we change it to. So fellfastflipping.com and I am going to release a topic that we very rarely talk about. It was uh, an interview that I did with Vanessa talking about the selling and closing process. I get a lot of questions about this, but I just kind of brush over it because you guys know I'm so about just getting in there and and the buy, go for the kill, get the buy, and everything else will work out. So I don't want you to be over analytical, but it is good to understand this. We do go over a ton of details of things that will literally save you thousands of dollars in negotiating and appraisals, and then just kind of like a checklist of items that you should be aware of in the selling and closing process. So I think it'll be really good. I'm actually going to divide this up into two videos because um, it was kind of a long one. So we will use this for this week and next week. Um, and yeah, I think it's a really good one. Keep in mind once again that this was just kind of the beta program was just kind of on the fly, you know, this is just kind of like get it out there. Let's just kind of get some feedback, get a feel for how we can improve. So the real fell fast flipping program is going to be like times 10. Um, it's going to be pretty awesome. If you have not had a chance to check that out, go to fellfastflipping.com. We are actually going to extend the early bird special uh, pricing. So go ahead and check that out. Uh, reserve your spot now. And that starts July 21st, so I'm really excited for it. And we have a webinar tonight, and then we'll have another one in a couple weeks. I don't know, you can check the schedule, but go to housefippinghq.com slash webinar to check out the details on that, and we will be discussing the program more in detail. All right, without any further ado, let's get to that interview with Vanessa and I when we talk all about the selling and closing process. Take it away. All right, everybody, we are rolling along. We are at the final pillar of the house flipping machine. Woo! Pillar four, closing. Um, oh, selling. Selling and closing, okay? So this pillar is something that I usually just brush by because there's so many little tiny details, um, but you guys know I'm all about getting that deal, right? So usually when I get to this pillar, I'm kind of burnt out. However, there are a lot of very important parts. So I was just talking to Vanessa uh, a minute ago and saying, you know, actually, I'm really excited to share this with everyone because there's so many little details, especially as we were going over what we were going to talk about today. And I think that you will find it to be incredibly beneficial. So just as a little disclaimer, 
this is selling a house as we do it here in California. My assumption is it is very similar for most of you. Um, but I just want you to take that for what it's worth. Um, and the fact that there may be a couple things that are slightly different where you are. But once again, as always, jump in the forum group. Ask any questions you have. We'll be getting feedback from others. And we'll get it all figured out for you. So, all right, Vanessa, how you doing? I'm doing good. Good. A busy morning after Memorial uh, Day weekend, huh? It was. <laughs> <laughs> I talked to Vanessa earlier, and I think she was a little frazzled. And that's okay, guys. I'm okay with admitting that. I want you to know that even though we flip close to 100 houses a year, it's not like it's super easy, right, Vanessa? Yeah. We're always dealing with fun stuff. So a little bit of a contractor drama this morning, right? Yeah. Even though our contractors are amazing, we still have stuff to deal with. So, all right, moving right along here. So, Vanessa, selling the house. Let's talk right after the rehab. What happens? Okay, so you want to make sure you get everything in line to where it's not really sitting there just being rehabbed and not listed. So... You know, you want to know what day ahead of time, of course, actually, that the rehab is going to be. Um, sorry, let me turn my phone off. Um, is it someone who wants to sell us a house? <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, Hold on. <laughs> uh, no, it's okay. Okay. Uh, so, so yeah, so you, so you know, say it's supposed to be like, you know, Friday that the house is going to be completed. Yeah. Then you, the contractor actually lets us know a few days in advance that he's going to be ready or we follow up with them if he hasn't done that already. So that way we know to already have our pictures scheduled um, to have them taken. Um, that way we'll also have the listing ready by then as well. So when we do get the pictures, we already have the listing inputted. That way as the pictures come, we go ahead and just upload them and then send the listing out. Um, if we're working with, that's if we were to list it in-house. Um, if we have an agent that we're working with, then we give him the updates as to when that the house will be ready. So he's ready to actually go there on that same day. And then at that same time, he actually sends me the pictures with the amount that he suggests we should list it for. Okay. And if we list it in-house, then we actually do our research ahead of time as well as far as what we want to list it for. Okay. So bottom line is we do not want time. I mean, it can be like a week. Between by the time the rehab gets done and by the time you order pictures and get it listed, if you're not careful, right? Right. And if you do not treat these houses, I'm telling you right now, if you do not treat these houses like hot potato, like you're turning them quickly from the time you buy it to the time you rehab it to the time you sell it, what happens, Vanessa? Then the time just goes by and then it, it takes away from... Goes by. And it will easily take two to three times the amount of time if you are not on it, Right. Right. And that essentially means you're making like half or one third the amount of the profit. Really, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Okay. Um, so very important that you have those things lined up. So we've got the pictures ready to go. Have we ever had issues with pictures? Like when you first got hired three years ago, have we ever had picture issues? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do those consist of? What does that mean? That's funny. It, you know, a lot of it's with the lighting, the way that you position the camera. I mean, like some the lighting of, on my face right now, how we can't get that figured out. Anyway, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and then, then it's like they'll take a picture of the room and it's like a little corner of the carpet or, you know, like the countertop of the, the vanity in the bathroom. So you want an overall like shot. It's, it's, you think it's easy to do and agents always think like, oh, I got it, I got it. And they'll go take all these pictures and they're just really not that great. And your overall uh, 
impression of the property is everything all together from when you first list it, the way you use your descriptions, the pictures that you use, because once you send that on the MLS, it goes all over the internet to all of like the, you know, Redfin and Zillow and they use all that stuff. So, yeah. And I think you said it first, the first ones that you send are the ones they use on all that stuff. Right. Right. So it's not like, Oh, let's go back and fix them. It kind of messes up the whole deal out of the gate. So what did we do to solve that problem? We found a photographer, okay. a professional photographer. Um, right now, we're actually using a, a company that specializes in real estate pictures. What's the name of and that company? Preview First. Okay, Preview First. What do they charge to take pictures? Uh, 150 Okay. So they're in California, PreviewFirst.com. They charge about 150 bucks. If you want some, like, if you're doing a really nice house and you want some night pictures that look really fancy, what do they call that? Not sunset pictures, but... Uh, oh, the... The glamour shots, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like the evening, the dusk, whatever. So um, that's like an extra 100 bucks or something like that, right? Right. But $150, some people might be like, oh, $150, take pictures. But, dude, you spent like 25 grand on this rehab. Spend $150 to show how good the rehab looks. It'll be the best $150 you've ever spent. Yeah. Um, and if that company is not in your area... I'm sure there's a company that is. I think they're mainly in in California. So, um, okay, next. So we got the pictures. What about, you said the list price. How do we determine the list price? I know it's either us or the agent, but how do we come about that? Do we look for the lowest price? Do we look for the highest price? What are we shooting for? You want to look for the highest price. Okay. You have an idea of where you need to come in around because, you, you know, that's when you originally had ran your numbers from the beginning. But, you know, by the time you list it, you want to see if anything's changed in the market, if things have gone up or gone down or whatnot. Hopefully, you know, most of the time it has gone up. Um, So then you just see what's comparable. And you want to actually find things that are comps that are there. Because if you just do something that's unrealistic, then, you know, come to getting an offer and accepting one, then the appraisal is going to come in. And you want to make sure there's something to support it. I mean, sometimes you you want to push your values in a certain sense, but you also want to be somewhat realistic because sometimes you get multiple offers anyways and they go above asking price already. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we, we look up comps again. We don't just go off of our original ARV. We look up comps again and we determine what we're going to list the property for. And like you said, it's, if there's a comp that's at 290 that just sold last week that's totally rehabbed, to the same way ours is, we are not going to list it for 280, right? Right. No, it's just silly. So we would not do that. Um, so 290, or we'd probably even list that property for 300, maybe, right? Yeah, I usually go about about 5,000 over a lot okay. of the time, and just kind of depending on the area. Um, because sometimes, like with the higher price ranges, like when you get up to like the sevens, eights, or nines, you might want to go a little bit higher than just like you know four or five thousand. Yeah, because it's a higher percentage. That little yeah. room, in case you do need to lower it just a little bit, you still are going to fall where you need to fall. And especially if you're in a potentially inclining market, which right now is kind of hard to tell. Altogether, I feel like it's still we're seeing a little bit of incline, but every area is different. Um, now, another scenario, Vanessa, where we would push the value even more is if we knew that we were superior to anything else that it sold. Right. Okay. So if there's a house that's not totally rehab, but just carpet and paint type thing, yeah, then we're going to list that puppy $20,000 more, right? I mean, than anything right. else. 
So, but no, we're not going to take, okay, here are the three properties that are listed and let's go with the lowest one. No, just not, especially in this market, that's not what we're doing. Um, Cause I think it gives a perception too. I think if you have it listed too low, sure. Sometimes it gets bid up, which is great. But if it's listed too low, I think it gives a perception that the value isn't really there. And especially like you said, when you go to get that appraisal, that can have an impact on that, I believe. Right. Okay. Um, all right. So let's talk about like uploading the listing. Who does that? Well, if we do it in-house, we have, you know, our one of our assistants um, input all the data entry. Okay. So Jessica does all that. How long does that take to do? Um, I'd say about, I'd allot yourself like a half an hour. Okay. Probably could so, be sooner, but you want to double check everything. And what is the most important things to make sure you include in that listing? Well, one, you want to make sure your purchase price is correct. Yes. Um, it's really important. You'd be surprised. It's not like it's really happened that often, but I'd say maybe once. Yeah. <laughs> um, square footage is another very, I mean, all the statistics are very, very important. Okay. Um, and then the description. Let's talk about the description. Have we had bad descriptions as well? Yes. From some of our agents? Yes. Yeah. What what why should you include in the description? Why is that important? It it is part of the like whole first impression type thing. You really want to set that this property is the best property that's out there on the market in that area. And you don't think that people pay attention to that stuff, but you almost want to just like capture them into like this story of this house that they're going to see themselves in, you know, because you really real estate can be a very emotional experience, especially when it comes to buyers and first time home buyers and stuff like that. So you want to paint that picture. So how would you go about painting that? What's a general listing that we input look like more or less the description? So I usually say like this is a standard sale, um, you know, motivated seller, just so they kind of know that you know, we want to work with people and we're really ready to sell a property. But we're not same- like there's there's sellers out there that list their property and they're just not looking to sell like or they want a ridiculous price. That's not us. We're ready to play yeah. ball. We want an aggressive price, but we um, we're going to sell it one way or the other. Right. right. We're not holding on to it. So, okay. yeah. So it would be something like come and see this beautifully remodeled three bedroom, two bath home located in, you know, whichever city it is. And then you kind of walk them through like, you know, uh, this fresh or this brand new landscaping, you know, new sod, enter the property, um, newly remodeled with travertine tile flooring, open spacious living room, cozy fireplace. You want to use like adjectives like that. And in the beginning, um, spacious, spacious open kitchen, perfect for entertaining stuff like that. Uh, you'd same with like the backyard, you know, you pull, you point, want to point out everything. So like once you go into the kitchen, you're like, this is a spacious kitchen, perfect for entertaining, new granite countertops, stainless steel appliances, um, stainless steel sink, uh, custom tile backslash. So you want to mention, okay, you walk them through the home as if they're like taking a tour of it. And you want to mention the features, which are like the upgrades and everything we've done and the benefits. I noticed you mentioned perfect for entertaining you you help them visualize the benefits of the home and then being in the house and right. living there and so okay really good i mean you don't need to be too crazy over the top gaggy like imagine baking your newly fresh baked you know what i mean yeah like you want to keep it simple but keep it simple yeah but but don't so many people agents at the beginning would say Great home, great price, too much to include. Call now, gonna go fast. That right? Is that not an, almost an exact description? Yes. Like of some of the houses that we've had. Yeah. 
sorry, you're going to cost me 10 grand by your crummy description? Yeah. And crappy pictures? All right. <laughs> <laughs> We've dealt with that. It's not fun. Okay. So, okay, next. Um, okay, so the property is listed. How do we go about taking the calls? Um, so we... Well, usually, like, the agent will take the calls to access the property okay. to give them the lockbox combination. Okay. So the agent will take the calls or will take the calls, but not you. Like, uh, once again, your uh, Jessica, Jessica takes them, right? Right. Um, and then do we go show them the property ourselves, or does the agent go and show them the property, or how does that work? The agent goes and shows them the property. Does the agent show them the property, though, or is the agent just, le- like... Okay, our like the listing agent, our agent, if they list the property or we have the property listed, do we go show it ourselves? No. Their agent goes and shows it. Right. Right. Okay. Why do we do that? Well, that's really actually how the process is. When it comes to higher end properties, the agent will go. So if you're like in a million plus mark, the listing agent will go and open up the property, make sure the air is on, make sure everything is perfect. But... And a lot of the price ranges below that, it's not as necessary. It's just a um, waste so the, of time, huh? Yeah, and you know, really, the property kind of sells itself, and the buyer's agent wants to make the sell just as much as you do. Yeah. So they're going to go and point that out to their buyer. Totally. Okay. And once again, that might change in a different market when you're only getting like, if you're not getting as many calls. But mm-hmm. really, like, it's just not what we do. We don't. We do not go showing the properties ourselves right. at all, really. Um. There was one time Vanessa went and showed someone. I told her she wasted her time. But. And I did. <laughs> like, that didn't work out at all. <laughs> we just got we got better things to do with our time. We're trying to scale a business here, not go be a, you know, a door opener to a house, right? Um, okay, now as far as lockbox code, combos and codes, what kind of, do we put a lockbox on each house, right? Right. Are we using like the MLS super lockbox or are we using like our own lockbox with a combo? When we list it, we use a lockbox with a combination. Okay. Um, for that, I, I, it's we can kind of track the kind of call, the amount of calls, and who's calling as they come in, so we can kind of do a follow up. Um, which, like in Kyle's area, he I, he uses a Supra because he has so many properties, and that work what works for his system. And actually, even with a Supra, I think you can kind of see how many showings you get and which agents showed it by a code. Okay. And why do we use a combo instead of a Supra? Well, that just kind of fit our system. I actually kind of like talking to the agents on the phone, especially if there's one property that I really want. I mean, I want to push all of them, but some are more special than others. And I want to make sure they know everything they need to know. And if they have any questions they can ask me, I want to know what kind of offer kind of that might be coming in. What if it's a cash offer? Yeah. If you were to use a super, they can just go open it themselves. Right. Right. And so I'm not, I'm not telling people to do one or the other. We're just, I'm just kind of giving you input that there's different options there. Um, and also I think it helps get more access. Like we can give our contractors the code, they can get access and, and stuff like that. Right. Right. Okay. Now do some MLSs not allow you to use a combo? I don't know. I'm, I'm remembering that, but I'm, no, it was more fuzzy. like you can't state the combo number. In, in okay. MLS, you actually have to have them call you and you give it to them over the phone. Okay, that's right. Okay, sounds good. So even if you use a Supra, it might be a good idea to use a regular combo, but like around the side of the house or somewhere else where contractors can get to it, right? Yeah, you usually would have both. Okay, cool. So just want to point that out. You would usually have both. Where do we get our lockboxes? A minor thing, but it's important. At Home Depot. 
Home Depot. And yeah. they're, the, they're the kind that you like put down the little window and you just put in the little code and right. Right. Easy peasy. Okay. It's like, for, are they like 40 bucks or something? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, cool. This is good for the real one guys. I'll have like a combo for you. Show you do a little demo. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> All right. We don't need to get too crazy here. So, um, Lock boxes. Okay, maintaining the property. Do we? Is there any kind of property maintenance that we do? Um, if we do, if we need to, um, we depending on how long the property is on the market and where we are in the escrow, okay. we'll, we'll probably do a cleaning, like a quick cleanup in okay. between. Sometimes if it's gone, you know, been vacant for a little bit longer, then we'll do a cleaning before we uh, the buyers close escrow. Um, if there's a lawn, we do have lawn maintenance set up. Also, to make sure that it's always mowed. But if we sell it in like one week and the guy's going to close in three weeks, eh, probably not necessary. But if it right. goes over a few weeks, close to a month, then we need to go make sure we get it mowed, right? Yeah. Make sure the sprinklers are turned on. That's actually one of the first things we do if the house has any form of grass. We make sure the contractors turn on the sprinklers when they start, right? Right. Um, but you want to make sure you have sprinklers on. You want These little things might sound obvious, but... They're things that people forget, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we've had plenty of lawns, not plenty of lawns, but there was one I can think of right now. Yep, I and, know. We've had it happen. Yeah. So, um, okay. Let's see. Okay, so uh, now let's. Now the phone starts ringing. People start going to look at the house. They're ready to make an offer. How does that process go? We have people who are interested in the home. How does that work out? Okay. I'd say most of the people just submit the offer. And who do they do, submit it to? Where do they submit it? To the email address that you put on there. So okay. to the agent, the listing agent. Um, they'll either email it or fax it. And there's a place like in there in the agent comments where you give them directions of how to submit the offers and the, the items that you need. Okay. And it's pretty standard. Most agents really know what to send. They'll send the offer along with their proof of funds, a copy of the earnest money deposit check, and then a pre-approval letter from the lender that they're using. How important are those things? They're, well, they're all important. They're all necessary, right? Yes, they're necessary. Um, we're just not going to accept an offer without them. Right? right. If they're missing one, then you would I would ask them for it. Yeah, yeah, we'll mention it. We're just not going to accept it. Um, and let's see. Okay, so we got these offers. How do we determine, we get an offer and we just take it? Or how do we determine what offer we're going to take? So you, of course, it goes by the list price that you have. And then you kind of see what kind of offers you're getting. If I get multiple offers, it depends on the situation. Some of them um, already can be high enough to where you need them to be, or they a lot of sometimes they all come in around the same uh, price or same value. So then you want to figure out how you're going to counter them. Um, if you get multiple offers that are like that, and you might be expecting another offer to be coming in, you'll counter like highest and best. And you want to see if they'll either remove their closing costs or maybe they'll come up in their purchase price, something like that. Because you want to get the the goal is to get the strongest offer as possible to make you the most money. And I love that you said that, right? Because that's always my answer to you. Whenever you're asking, should we take this? What about this? And what do I always say? Well, to take the that makes you money. Yeah. The, the, the one that makes us the most money is, yeah. is or that we think is going to make us the most money. Because at the end of the day, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know who's going to follow through. Um, we don't know all that stuff, but whatever we think is going to make us the most money. I am not just going to take 
you know, this guy offered 10,000 more than my asking price. It's not like, well, okay, let's do it. No, but like if, if I have someone else who's going to maybe offer more, then I'm going to take that or, or it's going to make us more. Right. Right. Um, you know, whatever's going to make us the most, you know, when we sold that burn down house, we could have taken that offer for like two thirty, right? But right. instead we held out a longer and got an offer for two fifty. Yeah. 30 grand more. Woo! Woo! <laughs> All right. Right. So you, I mean, but at the same time, we don't want to hold out too long. What's, what's the longest yeah. we usually want to hold out for offers? Well, really once somebody submits an offer you have, I think it's three business days or three days. Uh-huh. To get back to them. Yeah. I mean, some you can kind of prolong it just by communicating with them a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, I'll just say, you know, they're, the seller's not really available at the moment, but, and, you know, he's out of town or something for the next day or something like that just to, if we need to prolong it a little bit. But usually it's about three days and then you kind of need to make a decision. Um, sometimes you make a decision and accepting the offer and then right away you might end up getting another one. But those are the kinds of things that you don't know. But at the same time, there has been times, it's not like we waited too long, but offers will start going away because you have to yeah. understand that those buyers are looking at other houses also. For sure. So it's kind of like this little game, you know, little game of like, okay, do we take the bird in the hand versus two in the bush type thing? Do we take this? Do we hold out? And we'll usually go with it. I mean, yeah. if, if let's say we have a property listed for a week, after three days, we get an offer. It's at our asking price. Um, we, we feel like... The phone isn't ringing off the hook. We don't know of any other offers that are coming in. Um, it's a good conventional offer. Hey, let's do this. You know, let's take it, right? Yeah. Um, if we've got two offers, you know, we're either going to do highest and best, like you said, or we're going to counter them, right, with a number. Yeah. Say, or And sometimes, do I ever have you mention other offers that we get from people? When do we do that and when do we not do that? Well, when you're... when. Your way, when you are getting other offers and the agent asks you if you do have other offers, and a lot of the time they'll actually ask you where they're coming in at. I'd say a majority of the time they do because yeah. they want to see that their offer is going to get accepted over theirs. So, as they should as a good agent. Yeah. And you can't really like blatantly say, you know, I have this offer for 175 Well, you can. I mean, it's our listing. We could say whatever we want, right? Yeah, you can, but it's just kind of one of those things. I don't know if it's really like a... A legal thing or if it's just kind of like that? No, no, no. We can always say it, but a fiduciary responsibility is for the agent to do best by their client, which typically means that they probably don't want to say where the other offers are coming because their goal is to get the most money for their client. So in our situation, our goal is to get the most money. So we will mention... I think we will. Maybe we don't. Yeah. No, I do. Like, also, <laughs> I, guess, uh, I guess my point is, is like how you word it. Yeah. So if they say, well, what's, you know, the highest offer, I won't just say, oh, the highest offer is 235. I would say, you know, yeah. you have to come above, I'd say 235 or more or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can say we're getting offers above 235. As yeah. to where if we're not, we're not going to lie. We're just not going to say anything. We're yeah. just going to say we're getting a lot of interest or something like that. Right. Right. If we don't have any offers. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, like this other property, some of the offers were lower than our asking price. I got really kind of a wide range of, of offers, but yeah. they asked me and I wasn't going to say, oh, we're, we are getting offers below asking price. You know, yeah. I'll say things like, you know, really we're getting, we're already in a multiple offer situation. Like yeah. you really need to make your offer as strong as you can. Yeah. And that's and the one, as simple as that. that's the one that you emailed me about this morning. Yeah. And then we ended up getting 
a higher offer. Yeah, which was interesting. Most of the offers were like 20,000 under and then they submitted one like 30,000 over. Right. That's a $50,000 difference. <laughs> That's it's crazy. I mean, it's all about the way you word things and I don't even want to say negotiate because I don't feel like you have to be like this hardcore crazy negotiator. Um, but you know, show a couple cards when you have to, when you think it helps, don't show them when it's not going to help. Right. Right. Uh, it's all about the way you word things. Um, but there's all, I mean, it's always, yeah, we're getting lots of interest and, and we usually are just because yeah. someone hasn't submitted an offer. We usually get some calls or something. Right. I don't need to tell them I'm not getting an offer. You know, I'm a very honest person, but I don't need to show those cards. It's, it's just dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. All right, good. So always trying to get the highest offer. Now, do we only take price into consideration or what else do we consider when we're looking for offers? You also look at their loan type. You look at how many days they're looking to close. And really, those are the two most important things. Okay. So and so like what kind of closing costs they're asking for, if any. Okay. Uh, because all of that comes out of your what you're going to net in the end. Um, closing costs, home warranty. If they ask for that, usually about three fifty or four fifty, four hundred and fifty. Um, if they're asking for termite, septic. If it's in a location that has septic, because some offers don't ask for those things. Most do, depending on your area. But. Okay. So, what's typically our favorite kind of financing? Well, uh, other than cash, it would okay, be so cash. Um, cash is our favorite, and then um, what? And it goes conventional. Okay, what's conventional mean? So that is, they have more money to put down. There's some conventional financing that can be as low as 5%, and then usually it goes up to about 20%. Okay, and typically conventional is just less tape, red tape. I'm not yeah. even going to get all like, well, this means this and this means, I don't even really know. I just know cash is easy, cash is king, conventional is queen. I just made that up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> FHA is the joker. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the court jester. Yeah. Um, so... We like cash, then conventional, then FHA or VA. Uh, About the same. Really, it, it, that's kind of like a fine line, right? Six there. one, half dozen the other. But see, the thing is, is with VA, they only need one appraisal. FHA is really the only one that has the flip rule to where if you have rehabbed the property within ninety days, they usually require two appraisals. So it just is something that could affect your, your value again, because what if one comes in lower Then you know, the lenders have to go with the lower one usually. Um, okay. and then sometimes they come in around the same too. Um, but that's the thing is VA is a little bit less of a hassle, but okay. at the same time, VA, they don't have to put any money down. So they usually are ones that ask for more towards closing costs because, and a lot of them might not necessarily have very much money in the bank. So if there was any kind of appraisal issue, they're usually not the ones that are going to have money to bring up to the table. Direct mail is the number one method myself and most other investors are using in today's market to buy discounted investment properties. And yellowletters.com is the company we use to get the job done for us. Not only are the folks at yellowletters.com expert marketers, but they are real estate investors themselves. So they understand exactly what you need to be successful in this business. Contact a rep at yellowletters.com today to begin working on a direct mail campaign that fits your real estate investment needs and budget. And mention the code HFHQ 
to get 10% off your next order. All right, so we will continue that interview next week in episode 49. For this episode, you can go to housewarminghq.com slash episode 48 to get the show notes, links, leave comments, etc., etc. Don't forget to go to housefinghq.com slash webinar to sign up for an upcoming webinar where we will be breaking down all of the details of the Fell Fast Flipping Program, which we have coming up here on July 21st. This will be hands down the single best house flipping coaching and implementation program there is available and only at a fraction, for fra- for fraction of the price of some of those other guys that are charging twenty-five to $40,000 for a program that, quite frankly, won't be nearly as good. I also, just on the plane ride yesterday, in my mind, decided, you know what? I am going to provide a monthly uh, payment plan. I want every single person who has any desire to take their business to the next level, who wants to see people comping properties live, who wants to see houses that are being rehabbed and fixed up and what things cost, who wants to see the inside, who wants to have access to other like-minded house flippers and people who are doing this business and myself and Vanessa, who wants to be able to ask us questions on a daily basis, who wants all these things and has been wanting to get into house flipping but needs that extra push and accountability, I want you all to have a chance to sign up and I don't want Um, you know, money to be something that's holding you back. So we're going to figure out a way if you have the desire to be a part of this program, if you have a desire to take action, if you have a desire to learn this business, we are going to make it happen. So go to housemanghq.com slash webinar to sign up for that webinar. And we will get you all of the details. If you can't make the webinar, shoot us an email, info at housemanghq.com. And we will make sure you get squared away as well. Okay, so in closing, you know, as I was recording this, my cute little daughter came in. You know, I woke up early. I always wake up early, but I woke up at like 4.30 this morning just because I'm kind of off on timing and all whatnot. And, um, you know, she came in at like 6.30 and I was in the middle of recording this. And at first, my reaction was going to be like, you know, go. No, I'm trying to finish this way. And, and But then I was like, oh, my gosh, like I haven't seen you for a week. I saw you yesterday, of course, but... I just paused it and just went and spent some time with her. And I just want to make sure that as we are pushing hard and charging and making our house flipping and business dreams come true and creating that life that we remember why we're doing that. And I know I've talked about this before, but I want to reemphasize this again. You know, as I went on this trip, it was a great time for reflection, spending time with my wife and then coming home and seeing my wonderful kids and just make sure that we um, remember the why, you know, people talk about the why and what we're doing this for and keep that in perspective. You know, in the four hour work week, he talks about, uh, Tim Ferriss talks about the new rich and basically it's, you know, I hardly remember exactly what he said, but basically for me, that means living a fulfilling life, Uh, whether that means that even if you don't have like a ton of money, but living in the moment and being happy with what you have and then continuing to progress and work towards achieving those dreams. Because really, most of the fulfillment and dream, I will tell you right now, comes in those goals of pushing forward. But make sure you don't lose uh, focus of the reason why you're doing that. So hope that makes sense. (laughs) But 
Um, anyway, just kind of the way I'm feeling right now and I wanted to express it to you guys. <laughs> anyway, all right, guys, have a great week. Get out there, charge hard, and we will see you next time as Vanessa and I conclude our interview on the selling and closing process. Um, and let us know. Hit us up in the show notes if you have any questions in the comments area. And we will see you as always on the flip side. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your, your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how to's, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.